Hello and welcome to the Addicts Anonymous podcast. I'm your host, Jamar. Today's episode 102, and we're going to be interviewing Samuel M. How you doing, Sam? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. Doing well. Excited to hear this. So today's episode is from a different perspective. Sam is the ex-spouse of an addict, and we're just going to discuss his life as he dealt with the addiction of a loved one. So my first question to you is, I guess, tell us how you and your ex-wife first met. We met uh, 10 years ago. I was uh, graduating high school, and she was uh, my ex's cousin. That was initially how we met. And, you know, but whenever we separated, um, I'm, I hit her up on Facebook about, you know, six years later because at the time you know she was only 13 and I was only 15 and then uh, a couple years went by and then whenever I got divorced I hit her up again at this point she was in her 20s and we were just talking and uh, that was how we met later but I've known her for quite a while I've known her family for quite a while how 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 long have you known her family I'm about a good 10 years okay so were you guys friends before you, I mean, how close the friends were you? Because I know you said it was your cousin's girl. Um, well, at the time, you know, I was graduating high school and she was still a little kid. We wasn't that close. I saw a couple of times, but whenever I met her again, you know, she was full grown. I was at the end of my uh, second divorce. So it was, she was an adult at that point. So she was your third wife? Yes. How were your first two marriages? Um, first one was okay, you know, uh, but it just wasn't right. You know, you get married and then stuff changes that you're not ready for. I was very young. And then my second one, it was uh, it was just bad, a bad deal. <laughs> and we were Didn't. divorced within 60 days, so. But uh, I was married to Samantha, my third wife, for almost uh, six years. Okay. So just actually backtracking a little bit, just to see if there's anything that led up to you and being part of addiction and staying with it. Did you have any addiction in your family growing up? How how was your life growing up? Well, um, my mom was a pretty bad addict herself, and uh, she wasn't around for a good period of my life. So I had that exposure. Pretty good question, actually. Yeah, tell me a little bit more about that relationship. Um, I didn't. You and your mom. It's been hit and miss because she'll go through periods where she's uh, in my life, and then she'll go through periods where she's not, and it's just always been like that ever since I was about eight years old. So. What does she go out on binges and stuff? Oh yeah, definitely. Definitely. She'd go out on binges. How long would she be gone for at a time? Years. Years. Years, okay. That must have been hard on you. I mean, whenever you don't know what a new bike is, you don't really don't notice if you don't have one. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I grew up 
my parents got divorced when I was eight and I, I barely saw my mom in the beginning. I don't remember really seeing her, but then eventually years, years later, we would see her once a week. I still remember so every Wednesday night, she'd take us to the mall or something, get something to eat. Um, but yeah. So how did your mother, I know you said you, if you don't have a bike, you don't miss it, but how did it make you feel like, were you upset? Like, why does mom do this? She doesn't love me enough to quit. Like, what was going through your head? Um, I, my dad held it down pretty good. I guess it really wasn't something I thought about too much because um, I was always active in sports and that's how I kept my mind out of it. I mean, I just didn't, didn't know that she was gone because I was busy with sports, my dad was doing a good job, so I didn't even notice. Was your dad around a lot? Oh, yeah. He was uh, the best man at two of my three weddings. Oh, that's awesome. That's I, I always wish I had that. I don't, I don't have any type of relationship with my father. Sorry to hear that. Yeah, it is what it is. You know, for me, it's just, I get nothing but anxiety and worry and all types of things when I talk to him. He just instills that in me. So I can't talk with someone that does that to me. Yeah, that'll come into play later whenever we talk about my ex-wife, because that's exactly what I'm dealing with. So how were your, so how was it, like, say, the first year you got married with your wife? I know you said you ended up being with her for six. Okay, so... uh what words am I allowed to use to describe this? Is it like a PG or? No, we are not PG. All right. So uh, in the very beginning, there was a lot of signs. But whenever you have a lot of really good sex, it can cover up a lot of holes in the relationship. And that's Absolutely. what it was. That, that is exactly what I went through my ex. I was codependent on her. She was abusive towards me. But the sex was amazing. It, yeah. it sounds stupid, but that is something, like you said, that it could hide a lot of emotions. You could take a lot of shit as long as you're getting sex. Yeah, and it wasn't basis. It was anger sex, throwing each other around. And it was like, man, this shit is not normal. But whenever you stay up all night fighting, because, you know, I was holding a full-time job. And all I wanted to do was get four hours of sleep. And she would just stay up with me with all her emotions. And it drove me fucking crazy. But the first year, it was very rough because she was telling me she was working, but she never was. And her paychecks were never there. And then looking back on it, I was like, yeah, that was a sign. There was always a problem with her paycheck. She was always needing money from me. And at that point, you know, the sex was so good. I was just giving her money to whatever she needed just so we could stay in our house but looking back she didn't have a paycheck for almost two years which was a sign that i overlooked and then you realize looking back i was stupid <laughs> yeah i know later on when you finally have a clear head or you get out of for you you know you just get out of the relationship and start seeing straight again yeah. You recognize a lot of the signs and say to yourself, like, how, well, to you, you weren't blind. You just ignored them. 
Right. So do you know anything about your uh, ex-wife's childhood? How was it like for her growing up? Do you know? Yes. She grew up around meth heads. Her dad was a meth head. And I use that word just because it is not sugar-coated. It is 100% truth. Her dad, her brothers, all of her family, her mom, her aunt, and at the time, I knew they had issues, but I didn't know it was that kind of family, or else I would have steered clear of it, but all of her family, all of her brothers and sisters, her mom and dad, her aunts, her uncles. So they were all meth heads. They were all meth heads. And I never done drugs in my life. Uh, even weed, I never even, I don't even like the smell of it. So that's the picture that I'm painting that I never done it. And this was a whole experience for me. I wasn't ready for it and I didn't ask for. So during your, so let me ask you this question. Do you think that your mother's addiction had anything to do with you looking or being with a girl that was an addict? It is something I have thought heavily about because whenever we first met, I had no idea. She painted this picture. She was working. She was going to school. And it was just everything I wanted because I told her in the very beginning, I was like, I don't mess with that. I'm not about that life. You know, I work two jobs. I make pretty good money. I don't mess with that. And she never gave me any signs in the, you know, introductory phase of a relationship that she was that kind of person. I found out the hard way, and we'll get to that um, as the interview progressive about how I found out she was a meth head. So that was your ex's drug of choice was meth, just like her family. Um. As we get through the interview, I'll tell you about how I found out it was more than meth, but it was uh, a uh, ball of rubber bands of lies I figured out. But as far as I know, she was also a cocaine. Um, I found that out through uh, a failed UA that she had that in her system too. So... Life was good. She painted the picture. When when did the truth come out? Whenever she was pregnant and I didn't know. And uh, we found out she was 36 weeks pregnant. And I had no idea she or she didn't tell me. Our son was born with it in his system. That's how I found out. What do you mean born in the system? He had meth in his system when he was born. And okay. that, was how, that was how I found out the hard way about my wife. So this is where it really took off was three weeks, you know, basically in the span of a month, I found out she was pregnant. I found out she, we were having a little boy and I'll turn on my FaceTime and you can see him. I'm sorry, not FaceTime. I'll put the camera on him and you can see him. 
But uh, anyways, he was born within in a system. DHS gets in our life. And that's when I find out she's putting on a show to find out what she really is. And that was a full-blown meth head. And we had to go through the DHS system to get our son back. And our son has issues now that are tied directly to him having issues born within the system. And that's how I found out my wife was hiding a meth addiction. So when that all came to light, was she denying it? Was she in, what was she doing? At first she was denying it. She said the meth got in her system accidentally because she drank it out of a bottle. Then she stuck with that story. And then it came out, you know, she finally admitted to me that she had a problem the whole nine yards, and then I was like, man, I really put two and two together here. How long did it take her to admit it? It took a good minute. It took about six weeks. Oh, what? It's in that black bag. Yeah. I'm just going to take a break real quick. We'll be right back, folks. All right, folks, we are back. So we were talking about the ex-wife took her about six weeks to get everything together. Um, What was your guy's game plan once you did that? Once you, once she admitted it, what happened after that? Um, We had DHS in our life. Um, They were putting our son in the system and I pretty much had to bury my feelings towards what was happening, my anger towards her, the embarrassment, I had to ignore it because we had DHS in our life now and we had to put on a front that we were a family, everything was going to be great and I had to say whatever, Sammy, get away from there. I had to act like I was behind her even though I really wasn't because I wanted my son back. Understood. So, um, did she, did she, was this any legal thing? I don't know what happens when you get caught with meth in your system during a pregnancy. So it's just the, the, uh, child services comes, right? Yeah. And what did she say she was going to do? How was she planning on helping you get better? Well, she had to go to rehab after a certain point because she kept failing UAs. And uh, that was the only route she had. And I had to navigate the uh, system myself and go to parenting classes. I was constantly taking UAs. But once my attorney found out I was telling the truth that I wasn't an addict because I was constantly passing UAs, I was passing hair tests. They really put two and two together that I wasn't lying when I said I had no idea. So what happened after that when they finally believed you? My, uh, she was in, I'll use exact names and I'll use exact uh, locations. She went to, uh, fam- what was it called? 
I can't think of the name of it. Oh, she was in a rehab facility and where the where they take the children, where they can get rehab and still have their children. And uh I was approved to take my son basically whenever I wanted after work, before work, keep him over weekends. And they made my life a lot easier. And uh so I'd get off work, I'd pick him up, I'd spend time with him, I'd keep him overnight, I'd drop him off before work. It really made my life a lot easier. And then I had my attorney, you know, in my ear with telling me, you know, if you guys ever get divorced, you know, you have an easier route to get him. And, you know, this is a race and it's going to be a contest of who can get him first. And I've always wanted my son. I wanted my son away from her, away from that lifestyle. Because I love my son more than anything. So were you guys still together? Because it says, you know, your lawyer said that you could split. What what was your, what did you want to do? At that point, I felt embarrassed because I didn't know how many people actually believed me. But I had no idea that she was a meth head. And I, I know because, you know, I got a couple of missing teeth. They paint this picture. Hey, I'm a meth head too. You know, so that was a pretty easy picture for the people to paint about me. And I'm like, no, I've never done drugs in my life. But uh, they were telling me you could get him if you wanted. But then again, I wasn't really ready to just divide everything. You go one way, you go another. Because they were in my ear, you know, you could get him, you could get him. And we could get him for you. But I didn't know. And looking back, I, that's really what I wish I would have done is divorce her while I had an attorney on my side. Just take him and just be done with her. That's what I wish I would have done. And we'll get to that later, where I can tell you where I really wish I would have done that. So when she first went to rehab, how, did, how was she doing? Was she taking it seriously? Oh, yeah. She was, uh, like, whenever you're on meth, you lose a lot of weight. And she ballooned almost to 60 pounds over her weight whenever she got there. So I'm like, okay, she's taking this seriously. And I was told she was doing, she's very interactive, doing interviews, going to her classes, very attentive with our son. So it really gave me comfort that, okay, stay with her and this will be okay. How long was she in rehab for? She was only supposed to be there for three months, but she really said she needed more. And she ended up staying nine months. How did you feel about that? I got my son whenever I wanted. And, you know, we're going the route of honesty. So I felt unburdened because she wasn't at the house anymore. I could work two jobs, get out of the financial hole she put us in, and I felt good. I didn't have her around to burden me with, hey, I need this money, I need this money. So I was getting the best of both worlds. I didn't have her, but I had my son. So you stayed together. What happened when she got out of rehab? What happened nine months later? She got out of rehab 
And she came off as a changed woman. She got a job immediately. She started working. She started working hard. She started working overtime. She was a changed person. I was really impressed. I was like, okay, I made the right decision. She came back and we got DHS out of her life and everything was peachy. So everything was peachy. That's good. When, when was the next issue? With my son's issues, able to forget that the nightmare of DHS, the nightmare and embarrassment of losing my son. What was the beginning of the end? My son really started to struggle with words and development. And it wasn't just a little bit. He was really falling behind. And uh, we took him to a specialist. And uh, I had to deal with what had happened all over again. And I couldn't put it at the back of my mind. I couldn't act like it didn't happen anymore. Because my son had so many issues related to the meth. And I had to deal with it every single day. And with the way my son was, he was he's always been a daddy's boy. He's always had to be around me. And it was just front and center, right in front of me every single day. So there was a good two-year gap where I didn't have to deal with it. And then whenever he started going to school, because I always wanted him in school. So when, when was the next problem? Honesty, that's what we're doing here. Because I had to deal with this, I became very spiteful towards her, very angry towards her, and I became unlivable with her. Anything, I, anything that she would do would piss me off. And I was constantly like, well, if you wouldn't have done this, our son would be just fine. And he could talk right. If you would have kept that needle out of your arm, he would be just fine. And I became, I said a lot of things I wish I wouldn't have said. But I, whenever all this happened, I never got to deal with it. I just had to put on this face that I'm supporting my wife, blah, 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 blah. We want our kid back, blah, blah, blah. So I never dealt with the anger head on. I just put it away until it boiled up, until our son really started to fall behind. And that's whenever all the emotions, the anger, basically I created another person in my head specifically for dealing with Samantha. And nobody else saw. It was just a spiteful husband towards her. I was a bad husband. I I said a lot of things to her I wish I never said. And once you said these things, what happened? Did you guys uh, part ways? 
Yes, she ended up having an affair whenever our relationship was just at the end. And she left and never came back for a couple days. And she took our son and that was the only part I cared about. She left, great. You took my son, that ain't gonna work. And uh, I get back to the house and uh, her little boyfriend is there in the car. Big mistake. Even though I didn't care about her, the fact that someone else was around my son, big mistake. And it really set off the second part of her addiction, which we will get into after you ask me questions about that. Well, let's go there. What? Tell me more about the addiction. <clears throat> I didn't think she had a problem now that she left I was really hoping uh it wasn't what I thought it was and then because I dealt dealt with her once so I know her bullshit I she was constantly because we were getting ready to get divorced it was obvious so I cashed out my 401k so we didn't have to split it in the divorce, I know it was a shady move, blah, 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 I know, but I wasn't going to pay for her car anymore, I wasn't going to pay for her cell phone bill, the whole nine yards, so I took uh, $1,500 out of my 401k that I cashed out to, you know, give her, like, okay, I'm giving you this money, but I'm not paying your car anymore, you're on your own, because, you know, this is what a divorce is, and uh, she took that money, everything was cool, and then it was never enough. And then she was constantly needing more money, more money, more money. And I kept giving it to her. And then one day I go over to uh, where she's living at. She texted me the address to come pick my son up. And sure enough, it is right in the middle of Methville, USA. And I'm like, ah, oh, she's fucking back on this shit again. And, uh, I stopped giving her money. She starts lashing out at me, a whole nine yards running in her mouth. And like whenever there's a really good way I have of taking stuff, like if I don't respect you, your insults, it doesn't matter what you say to me. You can say whatever. It's not going to get a reaction out of me. And she was saying everything under the sun. You don't care about your son. You don't care about this. You don't care if I'm homeless. And because I don't respect her, I didn't give a shit what she was saying to me. It was going in one ear and out the other. Like, I would sift through all the nasty text messages just to find, when are you picking your son up? When are you uh, bringing him back? Because that was all I cared about. And then she got real spiteful towards me because she wasn't getting a reaction out of me. So what did she do in spite? Well, it's not what she did. It's what I did. She is a very material person. Very material. I am not. I can, what I did, and then, you know, because I didn't want to live in the house anymore. And it was a pretty big house. I didn't need all that room. And it was felt like I was trapped in a ghost house. And all I could hear, all she was texting me about was all the TVs, the couches, this and that. And I was so 
mad at that that was all she cared about, not the fact that our family was just getting ready to be imploded. And me just hating her so much, I took a baseball bat to every big screen in the house, every uh, vanity mirror. I just smashed the shit out of it. And I'm like, that's what you care about? That's what you care about? Not the fact that we're getting ready to get divorced. I smashed everything in the house just because I knew that's all she cared about. And it pissed me off because I, I don't, at some point I was hoping we could restore our marriage, but once it was clear it wasn't going to happen, and that's all she cared about, I smashed everything. How did you feel when you were done smashing it? Really good, really good. At what point did you regret doing that? Never. Never? No. So what happens after all this? After a certain point, uh, she hits me with the fake pregnancy. And the thing about that is I got fixed two years ago. And never told her. So I knew this was some bullshit. She hits me with, with this pregnancy thing. And, you know, me not telling her I got fixed two years ago. And uh, it was more money, more money. That's all she was after. I need this for money. I need this for this baby. And I, I haven't told her yet. I'm probably going to tell her later today. And then I had a... Krista, which was her best friend, messaged me and goes, you know, she's not pregnant, right? She's just going around telling everybody this to uh, get money out of you. I'm like, I'm not stupid. This is how I know because I got fixed and never told her. And uh, so she's all about money. And, you know, I make a decent amount of money, but I'm not a material person. I went from that, you know, four bedroom house to an 800 foot square apartment. I went from paying fourteen hundred dollar a month mortgage to six fifty. Granted, you know I could afford to stay there, but I choose not to. Yeah, I'm a I'm a very simple man myself. I try to be. Yeah, material things definitely are not everything. You learn that the hard way sometimes. You learn that the very hard way. The bigger your house is, the more you try to fill it up and. That's not what's important to me is just having my kid in a bed. I'm good. But where it took a turn was her and Tyler didn't work out so well because he was a 21-year-old boy. And I say boy because he's a little kid. And he, they were put on this show that they were so great and happy. Granted, Tyler was a meth head himself, so he wasn't capable of working. You know, he's got a record. He doesn't have a license. And at some point, she figured out he wasn't going to provide the lifestyle that I allowed her to live based on, you know, him, live, you know, them being together. And they put on this Facebook front, you know, him holding my son, whole nine yards. And that's what pissed me off. I was like, don't hold my son and put it on Facebook because I'll knock the fuck out of you, Tyler. And, uh, then at this point, you know, I'd stayed, you know, out of relationships. You know, I had a friend with benefits here and then, 
just to keep me on the straight and narrow, not being in a relationship. And at this point, you know, her being with Tyler, she still came over one time and had a one night stand. And I'm like, you got to tell Tyler you're a cheater because that's not really right. We had a one night stand, whole nine yards. She didn't want me leaving marks on her. So I knew she was trying to keep that on the down low. But uh, I was, and then their relationship fell apart. And, uh, you know, I wasn't going to get back with her. And, uh, you know, where I'm at now, I'm at my new girlfriend's house. You know, we're just chilling. And then I'll we'll get to that in a minute. But uh, she was falling apart with him because they were living in a meth out trailer, trailer park. And she was starting to realize he's not going to provide anything except probably an STI, a pregnancy and overdra- overdrafted bank accounts. What happened after all this? She went crazy whenever she saw I had a girlfriend. She uh, would come to my house. And at this point, I accidentally left my car unlocked. And I went and got a TV and I put it in the back of my car. And this bitch had gotten in the back of my car, took the TV. While I still had my son... And she was trying to pawn it off at a pawn shop. And that's how it really got violent really quick. It got really violent to where it was dangerous. But uh, You were violent towards her? I, she brought out, like I said, I have, there is a part of me that only exists for her. Nobody else gets the anger that she does. Nobody nobody gets the treatment she does because I hate her. I hate her with every fabric of my being. But no, I never put my hands on her. My words were brutal. Not my prettiest moment. But it was getting bad because she would always threaten me, you know, and... I'm like, go ahead, do it, do it. Because at this point, her and Tyler had fallen off. I moved on. At this point, I'm living in my little one-bedroom apartment. Everything's good. Everything's peachy because I don't have you. And I was thinking when I moved to my apartment, I wouldn't have to deal with her. But she would start showing up in my apartment. You got this. I don't got none of that. You got everything in your apartment. You left me nothing. Not to mention... At this point, I was giving her money nonstop. It was the fifteen hundred dollars I gave her out of my four hundred one k. Whenever, because I'm working two jobs at this point. Yeah, there should be some in the black, uh, black drawstring. For real? Son of a bitch! All right, give me a moment. And uh, wait, what was it? What was the last thing I said? Um, I forget exactly. I got thrown off track also. So we were just talking about what had happened um, with the violence and things like that. Yeah. And you said it was verbal abuse mostly. Oh, yeah, most definitely. It was getting out of hand. She was all about, oh, yeah, it was, it was all the money I was giving her. I gave her the Oh, 15, that's right, yeah, the money. I gave her the $1,500 first. 
That was where I really messed up. And once I gave her that money, um, she was okay. Well, now I need a new tire. Okay, three hundred dollars. And okay, can you get my phone turned on? One hundred and fifty dollars. And then it was. It just never stopped. It was, and I constantly kept giving it to her, basically just to shut her up, just to not hear the sound of her voice. And that was how bad I hated her. And I used that word. And even though it was like, you shouldn't say you hate her. I hated her. I hated, I can't even keep text messages in my phone because I hate seeing her number on my phone. So at what point did you start to say you had enough of this? What was she doing this whole time? Was she at any point, at any point trying to get better or she was just didn't no, care? She, she was in denial. She even whenever you, anyone that has dealt with an addict directly, we know when they're changing and the weight was the first thing. Remember she ballooned whenever she got out of TWCC. So she was in the mid 220s and all of a sudden she was down within two weeks. She was back to her pre, pre-meth weight or what she looked like whenever she was on full-blown meth. She was a skinny girl. And so that was the biggest time. Then the money was the next one. And then anytime I didn't give in to her, I would get, she, she would just start yelling the whole nine yards and I didn't love her so I had no problem hanging up on her like go ahead throw your little fit so she was on a downward spiral just like she is right now so how long ago did this all happen like when was the last time you communicated with her yesterday whenever she was asking me for money for her tire and then this morning, she was asking me for money for her phone. I was getting ready to get shut off. Do you give her money or do you just pay the bills for her? No, not anymore. And that was whenever she asked for money for her phone. I was like, all right, well, I'll call up Cricket directly and I'll pay it that way. And then she's like, well, if you call up there, um, it's going to say this balance is this much but give me the money i'm not fucking stupid i know what you're doing with that money so what are you doing to handle stuff nowadays now how are you going about how are you going about everything what's she doing <sighs> she is still trying to act like she's pregnant I'm going to tell her later today that I got fixed two years ago. And uh, she, she's giving me a guilt trip um, that she don't have no money. But there's, I take my kid from Friday to Sunday. And whenever I get off work, I, I, I'm going to start doing this. As soon as I get off work at noon, I go from work at 4 o'clock in the morning to noon. Because she's never really kept him from me. Which is, you know, the good thing about her. She has no problem giving me my son. So I'm probably going to take him as soon as I get off work. The time, like, you know, 9 o'clock at night. 
So she really has no excuse why she's not working. But that's what I'm going to do is take my son as much as possible so he's not around her and whatever crew she's got with. So what are your plans for the future? How do you intend on handling all this and moving on? I want divorced from her as soon as possible. And I'm just, I don't know if you even want me saying this. You can edit it out if you want. I wouldn't care if the streets took her. If we can get divorced and my son never has to see her again, that's fine with me. I don't care if the streets take her. I don't want her. I don't want my son around her. Yeah, I mean, that's strong words, but I understand where you're coming from as far as being upset. I don't agree with what you're saying, but I'm saying I understand being that angry and feeling that. You know what I mean? I can understand yeah. like that built up anger from the years and years of lying and cheating and stealing. Yeah. And I know everyone's not going to agree with me, but after, you know, dealing with her for so many years, I know I'm not supposed to say it, but it's the truth. I know you can add a couple cups of water to make it not sound so mean, but it's the truth. If I can get my son and not deal with her, that's fine with me. So you're still in the process of the divorce. Yeah, once I found once she found out I had a girlfriend and we want to get married, she has really stalled this divorce. Well, it is what it is. Did you let me ask you one last question? Did you yeah. have any advice for people that might be dealing with the same issue as far as uh, that goes? Dealing with an addict is very difficult because people that aren't have never done drugs. It's very hard to because we try to make sense of what we're going through. Make sense. But people on drugs don't play by normal rules. It's all about getting money to get the drugs. It's like a tornado. They don't care who they hurt, what relationships they destroy. It is very difficult to deal with an addict. And my advice, if you're ever in the situation I was, get out. It ends very badly. Well, I guess that's where we're going to wrap up. Did you have anything else that you wanted to add? No, I appreciate the interview. I really do. No, it's good to see from someone else's perspective. I'm, you know, sorry that you went through all that. And unfortunately, it's just a sick person. You know what I mean? It's just, we all do the same stuff. I was lucky. I was a self-sufficient addict. So I didn't really have to ask for too much. I did every now and then, but, uh, yeah, I was pretty self-sufficient. So I'm sorry that you're going through all that. I'm glad to hear that uh, you're not an addict anymore. Yeah, no, I'm two years clean, a little over that, and uh, I'm going to keep battling that every day. I'll be rooting for you. Oh, thanks. I really appreciate that. It really means a lot. So 
for everybody watching and listening. If you like what you saw and heard, go below, give us a like. Also subscribe, you'll see when new videos are uploaded. You can check us out on Twitter, Instagram, Reddit, Facebook. We're all over the place as far as social media goes. Also check out our TikTok, which is something we just started about a month ago. Uh, so we're helping to grow that as well. So that's all I have for today. And until next time.